Welcome to Jam Sessions 2020, Episode 5 out of 42, celebrating my 42 years as a marriage and family therapist. This is your host, Jane Ann Murray, President of J. Murray Consultants. It just so happens that this weekend, as I'm recording, is Mother's Day weekend. So today's podcast is dedicated to my mother and is entitled, My Mother, Myself. I'm going to say right up front that I'm probably going to lose it while I do this because my mother means a lot to me. And so I apologize if there might be a few pauses and uh, just bear with me. 2020, what can I say? It's Mother's Day weekend and we are social distancing while the COVID virus uh, continues to ravish through seniors' homes, especially in Ontario, where I am. My mother turned 92 on April 29th. Uh, we could not celebrate with her or be with her to, be, to, to honor that milestone. Um, it had been up until Tuesday, 54 days since I had seen her. My smart, witty, smiling, full of music mother, my beautiful redhead uh, in those days, athletic, active, enthusiastic, and sometimes critical mom, is now bedridden, can't feel, is really quite paralyzed and ravished with dementia. My mom has always been my best friend. My mom is and has always been a great woman of faith, one of the most model woman believers I know, a model of prayer every day, a model of devotion to her Lord and Savior Jesus. She was a model churchgoer, a model volunteer, mentoring women along the way. She is a total model of friendship. My mom knows how to be a friend and knows how to come alongside of her friends in past who were suffering or afflicted and sorrowful. Wow, she has lived, actually my mother has outlived most of her close friends. My mom held my secrets and those of many She is the model confidant. Hmm. My mom is a model of fun, of humor, of laughter, and a life well lived. I have so many crazy memories of her goofy and klutzy side. Like when she walked to school uh, wearing two different shoes, carrying the garbage bag instead of her school bag. I'm sure I got my klutzy side from her honestly. She was always telling me to watch out. And when I don't have someone telling me to watch out, I tend to do a klutzy thing. But in later years, we were the ones telling her to watch out. Now I talk to her really close up to her ear and still in the present tense because she still remains all of these things to me. She's an accomplished recipient many times over of the Best Teacher Award. 
My mom actually is a really hard act to follow. Whatever she would do, she did accomplished, and she never quit. She worked with the census a number of years ago in order to, actually while she was on maternity leave, so I would have been little, so that she could buy a piano. But it had to be a specific piano from the Heinzman Company on Young Street in downtown Toronto. She played daily upon receipt of that piano and was so proud of it. She played hymns and songs and spiritual songs and she learned to play a little bit by ear with with her encouragement I I took piano lessons myself and I loved music and as a result of her influence I played the piano the flute and later the saxophone which she thought was hysterical actually one of my greatest achievements as a young person was playing a dual piano in grade 10 piano a concert of Mozart's Eine Kleine Nacht music in Heinzmann Hall. And to this day, I think that that was so telling that it had to be a Heinzmann piano and that however many years later, I would play a concert in Heinzmann Hall. Speaking of, of piano, at my grade three piano recital of Rondo in C, I was dressed to the nines in a dress that my mother had chosen. I totally flubbed it. I totally pulled a blank and I walked off the stage. I went back to my seat beside my mom and sat down with great shame. She quietly leaned, quietly, excuse me, leaned over and said to me, you know that piece, it's in you. You've practiced, you know it, and you'll live to regret the day if you don't play it through to the end. Actually, my flubbing my piece caused the next two kids in line, who were all about eight years old, also to forget their pieces. So at intermission, I asked if I could play it again. And the MC of the evening said, why, of course, yes, absolutely. I will never forget that night. Yes, I received a standing ovation for playing it perfectly. But it was my mom's words about not living with regret that spurred me on. And to this day, I can honestly say I do not have any regrets about choices I made. And I try to complete what I've started. My mom is sacrificial for us. And she sacrificed very a lot for herself so that we could go to summer camps, so that I could go on a girl guide trip to Mexico. And later she topped up my savings so I could afford and attend my grade, uh, at that time it was grade 13 graduate, school, graduate trip to Italy. I actually stood over a counter in a jewelry store and got my ears pierced so that I could come back wearing a pair of earrings from Italy as a souvenir. My mother, myself. I look at my mom now. We have the same hands. We have the same crooked finger on our second finger, pointer finger. We have the same wrinkles on the same sides of, or both sides of our faces. We have the same thyroid condition. Mine is much more severe than hers, but passed on through four women generations before me. 
my great-grandmother, my grandmother, my mom, and me. What a legacy. We look alike. I know what I'm going to look like at her age, but honestly, I do not want to live to her age. My mom is now racked with arthritis, and there are only a few things that I would not want to imitate about her. My mother, myself. When the book, My Mother, Myself, which was published in 1977 by Nancy Friday, arrived on the bestseller list, I was in graduate school, just finishing my first year of my master's. The book, written at the beginning of the the, uh, feminist movement, gave women permission to challenge their lineage, their relationship to their mothers, their relationship to other women, their sexuality, to challenge men and their place in the workplace and in society. I had what I thought was a great relationship with my mother, and I was quite rattled by the fact that there was an eruption of so much anger around this primal relationship between mother and daughter. But by the time I was seeing clients in 1978, mother, or the mother-daughter relationship, was one of the most frequently presented problems. Clients would say, I love my mother. Why do we always have to disagree? While my mom and I did argue, she usually had the last word. And that probably is the reason why I like to have the last word. Whether it's right or not, I learned that from her, quite honestly, I might add. Every time someone says, you are just like your mother, I cringe. And when a husband says to a wife in therapy, oh yeah, okay, you're now sounding like your mother, I cringe. But on the contrary, I've been hearing that phrase for as long as I can remember, that you're so much like your mother. And from mother and daughter dresses, looks, expressions, I I actually thought it was a positive, not a negative. Another client has said, I I I promised myself I'd be different when I had a daughter of my own. But I'm finding myself saying the same things, doing the same things, exactly the way my mother would have done it. I can't even understand it. It's not like I've planned it. It's just happening. Over the years, as a therapist, I've listened to countless stories of that most enduring tie from which our future takes shape and our sexual lives are born. The secrets, actually, I must confess that my mother's dementia is a blessing because she can't repeat my secrets. But yes, there were secrets. Yes there were lies. Yes, there were defenses. Cover-ups of the truth? Yes, absolutely. Generational patterns um, that were too strict and too tight to let go of, to modify or eradicate? Absolutely, yes. Wishful thinking? Yes. Could they, as mothers, been different? Maybe but not likely. In family systems, as we 
journey back three and four generations looking and deciphering why things are the way they are. We sometimes, um, no matter how well-intentioned a mother might have been, she may wear a family legacy or have carried a family legacy, which she, it, it, which she would not even necessarily know about, into her own motherhood and then on to her daughter. Interestingly enough, in almost 100% of the cases I saw, whether where there was opportunity for a mother and daughter to come together to work together the mom at some point would inevitably turn to her daughter put her head down shed some tears look up and plead please believe me i did the absolute best i could there's a lot you don't know and may not want to know And if you choose differently, I may not like it, but go ahead, make your choices. Sometimes a mom doesn't even know what she's apologizing for. And in some instances, she'll apologize, but admit that she's still kind of in the dark, but she just wants the relationship to be right. And then there would be a huge sigh of relief as if the load had been lifted from her. My mother, myself. My mother, myself shows how all passages of women's lives, of all of the passages, no matter what stage of life we're in, that we can change childhood patterns produced by a mother-daughter bond. We can become independent, we can become interdependent, and we can become the women we deserve to be if we're willing to do the work. Every woman is a daughter. Whether you're 15 or 65, just starting a personal development journey to find insight, strength, your better or even your shadow self or a new self, you will at some point encounter your roots. My mother, myself. Jokingly, we're always saying to my mother that she should have been a doctor. And actually, she really wanted to be a doctor. Um, She could diagnose anything. And friends often came to her saying this or that is what are the symptoms and she would pretty accurately diagnose it once when we asked her what she wanted as a gift she wanted the the most recent medical diagnosis journal and psychology is the dsm whatever number it is now but back then it was a medical journal and while she sat in the evening marking papers as a teacher eating her potato chips with a pepsi she would always be on call It makes sense that my mom wanted me to be a doctor or a nurse or a teacher. I actually applied to medical school two times and flunked out of nursing after just a few days as I couldn't understand one word the chemistry prof was saying and knew that I should count my losses early. I landed in a completely and on a completely different path in psychology, theology, counseling and religious studies which was absolutely life-changing for me 
And now 42, year, later, 42 years later, I'm still, um, it's still my, what, what my soul loves to do. Um, I have actually been a teacher at the college level at times, but my goal has always been to help make sense of others' stories, help people make choices that they can live with in congruence, with integrity, and with love. My mom knows how to love. Though she can't speak now, those eyes, oh my gosh, those eyes, those windows to her soul, still speak love. In spite of our differences that we've lived with along the way, my mom held my secrets with love. My mom challenged my truths with love. My mom bailed me out of situations with love. And my mom has loved my dad since age 14 when he left for the Navy prior to World War II. Sheila is a redhead whose hair is wavy. She's in love with Jack who just left for the Navy. Was the uh, little caption written about her in the Parkdale Collegiate Yearbook. My mom and dad um, have had an incredible love story. 70 years this July 8th, a number that I can't even really fathom and a commitment that boggles my brain still. If she lives to that, to see that anniversary on July 8th, and if she were able to celebrate, she would give her famous toast, which she does to every family function while holding her glass of Prosecco. The toast goes like this. Here's to your future, forgetting the past, we love and remember and hope to the last for all the lies the almanac told. When there's love in your heart, you'll never grow old. Once again, as I record these segments, I keep thinking I would be remiss if I didn't say this. If you've stumbled on this podcast uh, looking for help, or need to need help making a choice about getting help, or need to repair a relationship, or need to tell your story for the first time, I'm here for you. I can be reached very easily with a quick email to jamconsults at gmail.com. Put Jam Sessions 2020 in the in the subject line. My mother, myself. I love you, Mom. And I'm who I am today because of your influence. My mother. I wanted to come back to make mention of the fact that um, at a time or a weekend like this on Mother's Day, um, we aren't always with our mothers and in therapy I wanted to let you know that I've grieved with those both men and women who for whatever reasons did not get to be face to face um, or to uh, have a discussion or to confront um, their mothers Um, there was not or ever an opportunity to come clean to be honest, to repent, to confront or reconcile. Um, there just wasn't an opportunity to restore 
or begin the relationship to mother that they'd always dreamed of. So I just wanted you to be aware that in this case, if that's not the case for you, then you're left with myself, not my mother myself, but myself. And you can still, there's, you can always uh, do the work required to release, to love and to forgive you and those relationships that you didn't have opportunity um, to do so with in person. So I wanted to make you aware of that. Thank you. Until next time. Welcome to Jam Sessions 2020, Episode 5 out of 42, celebrating my 42 years as a marriage and family therapist. This is your host, Jane Ann Murray, President of J. Murray Consultants. It just so happens that this weekend, as I'm recording, is Mother's Day weekend. So today's podcast is dedicated to my mother and is entitled, My Mother, Myself. I'm gonna say right up front that I'm probably gonna lose it while I do this because my mother means a lot to me. And so I apologize if there might be a few pauses and uh, just bear with me. 2020, what can I say? It's Mother's Day weekend and we are social distancing while the COVID virus uh, continues to ravish through seniors' homes, especially in Ontario, where I am. My mother turned 92 on April 29th. Uh, we could not celebrate with her or be with her to, be, to, to honor that milestone. Um, it had been up until Tuesday, 54 days since I had seen her. My smart, witty, smiling, full of music mother, my beautiful redhead uh, in those days, athletic, active, enthusiastic, and sometimes critical mom, is now bedridden, can't feel, is really quite paralyzed and ravished with dementia. My mom has always been my best friend. My mom is and has always been a great woman of faith, one of the most model woman believers I know, a model of prayer every day, a model of devotion to her Lord and Savior Jesus. She was a model churchgoer, a model volunteer, mentoring women along the way. She is a total model of friendship. My mom knows how to be a friend and knows how to come alongside of her friends in past who were suffering or afflicted and sorrowful. Wow, she has lived, actually my mother has outlived most of her close friends. My mom held my secrets and those of many She is the model confidant. Hmm. My mom is a model of fun, 
of humor, of laughter, and a life well lived. I have so many crazy memories of her goofy and klutzy side, like when she walked to school uh, wearing two different shoes, carrying the garbage bag instead of her school bag. I'm sure I got my klutzy side from her, honestly. She was always telling me to watch out. And when I don't have someone telling me to watch out, I tend to do a klutzy thing. But in later years, we were the ones telling her to watch out. Now I talk to her really close up to her ear and still in the present tense because she still remains all of these things to me. She's an accomplished recipient many times over of the Best Teacher Award. My mom actually is a really hard act to follow. Whatever she would do, she did accomplished and she never quit. She worked with the census a number of years ago in order to, actually while she was on maternity leave, so I would have been little, so that she could buy a piano. But it had to be a specific piano from the Heinzman Company on Young Street in downtown Toronto. She played daily upon receipt of that piano and was so proud of it. She played hymns and songs and spiritual songs and she learned to play a little bit by ear with with her encouragement I I took piano lessons myself and I loved music and as a result of her influence I played the piano the flute and later the saxophone which she thought was hysterical actually one of my greatest achievements as a young person was playing a dual piano in grade 10 piano a concert of Mozart's Eine Kleine Nacht music in Heinzmann Hall. And to this day, I think that that was so telling that it had to be a Heinzmann piano and that however many years later, I would play a concert in Heinzmann Hall. Speaking of of piano, at my grade three piano recital of Rondo in C, I was dressed to the nines in a dress that my mother had chosen. I totally flubbed it. I totally pulled a blank and I walked off the stage. I went back to my seat beside my mom and sat down with great shame. She quietly leaned, quietly, excuse me, leaned over and said to me, you know that piece, it's in you. You practiced, you know it, and you'll live to regret the day if you don't play it through to the end. Actually, my flubbing my piece caused the next two kids in line, who were all about eight years old, also to forget their pieces. So at intermission, I asked if I could play it again. And the MC of the evening said, why, of course, yes, absolutely. I will never forget that night. Yes, I received a standing ovation for playing it perfectly. But it was my mom's words about not living with regret that spurred me on. And to this day, I can honestly say I do not have any regrets about choices I made. And I try to complete what I've started. My mom is sacrificial for us. And 
she sacrificed very a, a lot for herself so that we could go to summer camps, so that I could go on a girl guide trip to Mexico. And later, she topped up my savings so I could afford and attend my grade, uh, at that time it was grade 13 graduate, school, graduate trip to Italy. I actually stood over a counter in a jewelry store and got my ears pierced so that I could come back wearing a pair of earrings from Italy as a souvenir. My mother, myself. I look at my mom now. We have the same hands. We have the same crooked finger on our second finger, pointer finger. We have the same wrinkles on the same sides of, or both sides of our faces. We have the same thyroid condition. Mine is much more severe than hers, but passed on through four women generations before me. My great-grandmother, my grandmother, my mom, and me. What a legacy. We look alike. I know what I'm going to look like at her age, but honestly, I do not want to live to her age. My mom is now racked with arthritis, and there are only a few things that I would not want to imitate about her. My mother, myself. When the book, My Mother, Myself, which was published in 1977 by Nancy Friday, arrived on the bestseller list, I was in graduate school, just finishing my first year of my master's. The book, written at the beginning of the, of the uh, feminist movement, gave women permission to challenge their lineage, their relationship to their mothers, their relationship to other women, their sexuality, to challenge men and their place in the workplace and in society. I had what I thought was a great relationship with my mother, and I was quite rattled by the fact that there was an eruption of so much anger around this primal relationship between mother and daughter. But by the time I was seeing clients in 1978, mother, or the mother-daughter relationship, was one of the most frequently presented problems. Clients would say, I love my mother. Why do we always have to disagree? While my mom and I did argue, she usually had the last word. And that probably is the reason why I like to have the last word. Whether it's right or not, I learned that from her, quite honestly, I might add. Every time someone says, you are just like your mother, I cringe. And when a husband says to a wife in therapy, oh yeah, okay, you're now sounding like your mother, I cringe. But on the contrary, I've been hearing that phrase for as long as I can remember, that you're so much like your mother. And from mother and daughter dresses, looks, expressions, I I actually thought it was a positive, not a negative. Another client has said, I I I promised myself I'd be different when I had a daughter of my own. But I'm finding myself saying the same things, doing the same things, exactly the way my mother would have done it. I can't even understand it. It's not like I've planned it. It's just happening. Over the years, as a therapist, I've listened to countless stories 
of that most enduring tie from which our future takes shape and our sexual lives are born. The secrets, actually, I must confess that my mother's dementia is a blessing because she can't repeat my secrets. But yes, there were secrets. Yes, there were lies. Yes, there were defenses. Cover-ups of the truth? Yes, absolutely. Generational patterns um, that were too strict and too tight to let go of, to modify or eradicate? Absolutely, yes. Wishful thinking? Yes. Could they, as mothers, been different? Maybe. But not likely. In family systems, as we journey back three and four generations, looking and deciphering why things are the way they are, we sometimes, um, no matter how well-intentioned a mother might have been, she may wear a family legacy or have carried a family legacy, which she, it, it, which she would not even necessarily know about, into her own motherhood and then on to her daughter. Interestingly enough, in almost 100% of the cases I saw, whether, where there was opportunity for a mother and daughter to come together, to work together, the mom at some point would inevitably turn to her daughter, put her head down, shed some tears, look up and plead, please believe me, I did the absolute best I could. There's a lot you don't know and may not want to know. And if you choose differently, I may not like it, but go ahead, make your choices. Sometimes a mom doesn't even know what she's apologizing for. And in some instances, she'll apologize, but admit that she's still kind of in the dark but she just wants the relationship to be right. And then there would be a huge sigh of relief as if the load had been lifted from her. My mother, myself. My mother, myself shows how all passages of women's lives of all of the passages, no matter what stage of life we're in, that we can change childhood patterns produced by a mother-daughter bond. We can become independent, we can become interdependent, and we can become the women we deserve to be if we're willing to do the work. Every woman is a daughter. Whether you're 15 or 65, just starting a personal development journey to find insight, strength, your better, or even your shadow self, or a new self, you will at some point encounter your roots. My mother, myself. Jokingly, we're always saying to my mother that she should have been a doctor. And actually, she really wanted to be a doctor. Um, She could diagnose anything. And friends often came to her saying this or that is what are the symptoms. And she would pretty accurately diagnose it. 
once when we asked her what she wanted as a gift, she wanted the, the most recent medical diagnosis journal. In psychology, it's the DSM, whatever number it is now. But back then, it was a medical journal. And while she sat in the evening, marking papers as a teacher, eating her potato chips with a Pepsi, she would always be on call. It makes sense that my mom wanted me to be a doctor or a nurse or a teacher. I actually applied to medical school two times and flunked out of nursing after just a few days as I couldn't understand one word the chemistry prof was saying and knew that I should count my losses early. I landed in a completely and on a completely different path in psychology, theology, counseling, and religious studies, which was absolutely life-changing for me. And now 42 years later, I'm still... Um, it's still my, what, what my soul loves to do. Um, I, I have actually been a teacher at the college level at times, but my goal has always been to help make sense of others' stories, help people make choices that they can live with in congruence, with integrity, and with love. My mom knows how to love. Though she can't speak now, those eyes, oh my gosh, those eyes, those windows to her soul still speak love. In spite of our differences that we've lived with along the way, my mom held my secrets with love. My mom challenged my truths with love. My mom bailed me out of situations with love. And my mom has loved my dad since age 14 when he left for the Navy prior to World War II. Sheila is a redhead whose hair is wavy. She's in love with Jack, who just left for the Navy. Was the uh, little caption written about her in the Parkdale Collegiate Yearbook. My mom and dad um, have had an incredible love story. 70 years this July 8th. A number that I can't even really fathom and a commitment that boggles my brain still. If she lives to that, to see that anniversary on July 8th, and if she were able to celebrate, she would give her famous toast, which she does to every family function while holding her glass of Prosecco. The toast goes like this. Here's to your future, forgetting the past. We love and remember and hope to the last for all the lies the almanac told when there's love in your heart, you'll never grow old. Once again, as I record these segments, I keep thinking I would be remiss if I didn't say this. If you've stumbled on this podcast uh, looking for help or need, to, need help making a choice about getting help or need to repair a relationship or need to tell your story for the first time, I'm here for you. I can be reached very easily with a quick email to jamconsults at gmail.com. Put Jam Sessions 2020 in the in the subject line. My mother, myself. I love you, Mom. And I'm who I am today because of your influence. My mother